champions and the first in a united competition since 's fans, our mighty Chooks took the trip up to Suncorp Stadium to take on the might of the Brisbane Broncos. Well, we all know there were 59 reasons to love that game. We scored across the park. Backs, forwards, Lindsay, Collins, the Morrises, Luke Kerry, you name it, we got across the stripe. And I can safely say they tried to take Victor Radley's arm off in the process and all he did was pick him up and dump him. Bells, Silky, what a game, what a performance. Attack, defence, Jake Friend like a magician, a modern day hooker with all the skills. What a win, what a game for the fans to watch what a great week two we are back baby and welcome to roosters radio for week two great intro bush and a special welcome of course to bell she's back in the hot seat it's been a while bells i'm back it's so good to be in the studio here with you boys and just to talk footy again how good was that game well bells let's hope you've benefited from the break like our footballers Yes, I am just pumped to be back and just to be chatting footy with everyone. It's just awesome having NRL back on television to watch our beloved game again and that game against the Broncos on Thursday night, 59-0. What a fantastic game. It was just awesome seeing our front rowers take on that young forward pack. Lindsay Collins, he was one of my Stand highlights. Oh, I just want to go straight to him, Silky, because I know you wanted to have a chat about Lindsay, but how good did he go? Unbelievable. His stats were uh, up there with some of the best all week. I think he ran for about 200-odd metres, scored a dominant try and was brutal in defence and he had that real war with Matt Lodge where Mm. Lodge probably took it to him. There was a couple of high shots and what I really like about Lindsay Collins in the last two games is his error rate has dropped. Look, he's known to have a few little errors in him but it seems like he's maturing as a footballer and we've watched him progress over the last couple of years. And uh, look, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a boulder for Queensland. Yeah, masterstroke coach Robinson. You know he's always got a plan, Robbo. And I think the way he's bringing Lindsay into this side, mm-hmm. into this team, it just has the faith in him. I ha- we, we all happen to know he's a massive Lindsay Collins fan. Mm-hmm. He likes the way he plays. He slots him in at the right time and gets across the stripe. Kiri comes across from that two-poo flick pass. Kiri's looking sideways and Lindsay Collins just like a rocket. Straight and hard. Under the posts, one tooth missing. What more could you ask for? Big body, tough, strong, talented. Quick, off the bench, like you've got Hargraves and Taki Alhau. Uh, one has a rest and look at who comes on. Yep. Fantastic. I mean, Zane Tedovano did a great job for the Roosters in that he role. Did. And, you know, he's at the Panthers now. But as you said, Bush, part of the grand plan, Robbo knew exactly, you know, Zane moving on, Lindsay stepping into that role. And I'm excited to see him this year. We'll talk probably about a number of our players because there's so many we need to give a rap to. But talking about the bench, Isaac Liu was running through the middle like a 5'8". Oh, oh. You know, I don't know what his uh, metres were for the game, but like, look, our forward pack dominated them. We dominated them across the park. His footwork, mate. His footwork. Mm. It was footloose. He was, yeah. he was Kevin Bacon. He was unbelievable. And just that inside ball, that slip, we're actually making a lot of yards up the middle and turning the ball inside. Victor Radley again. I mean, playing that first receiver role, sweeping across, as you said, Bells, hooking up with uh, you know Luke Keery of the Morris Twins. He's giving so many options mm. to Flanagan. Flanagan's just, 
He's grown another leg of confidence. He is just growing and growing and growing on fans. We love him. I think that was a great result for young Flanagan. Uh, I think he kicked nine out of ten or something like that. But it got him an opportunity to play himself into a bit of form. Not to say that he wasn't, but... But he ran I, the ball, mate. You, what you're yeah, saying is he got but, a chance well, to he, run the What line. about when he thread the needle? There was a try on the right-hand side. I think it, I don't know if it was Crichton, I think, where he just threaded the needle. But he took the line on. He's playing with a bit of confidence. I, I dare say after the trip to England, coming back, new systems in place. There was a lot to take on board. The nine-week break would have done him a world of good. They're starting to train again. They're starting to get used to the players around him, which leads me on to Victor Radley, who plays a great role in assisting both Keary and Flanagan in the halves. Yeah, Flanagan played outstanding, I thought, and it, it actually did look like that he's been there for some time yeah. now. He slotted right in and he played to all the other players' strengths, as you said. So well done to him and I'm looking forward to a great year for him as well. I think what Coach Robinson did from a fan's perspective is we've got some hardened players who've played a lot of footy. I love how he used Boyd and Jared really mm. sparingly. Like, no disrespect to the Broncos, but they just looked a bit out. Look, they're a young side, and I was very respectful of the fact that there's a lot of debutants there. They've got a few experienced players mixed amongst them with Anthony Milford and Darius Boyd, but it just wasn't enough. And, you know, you think that experience, and the Roosters ran over the top, and not just ran over the top. You had the likes of Lindsay Collins and Flano really step up. You know, Kiri is at his crafty best. Jakey Friend at hooker. It's just amazing. It was a really, really good night to be a Rooster. Not to get ahead of ourselves, but it was a great chance for us to, I think, Silky, you talk about it all the time. I think you're going to talk about it again tonight. Up-tempo style of play. It's almost like we had an opportunity to to see if some of our styles of play would work. Look, boys, no Teddy. Yeah, he had, the, he had the fever. In fact, a few of the players, Flanagan was another. I believe that there was a couple of players that had a temperature when they arrived at the ground, I believe. So, look, they think it's from wearing headphones or wearing a, too many layers of clothing, but I'm sure the, the NRL worked that out. But mm. I mean, Imagine if he was Imagine if the he was there. What happens if Teddy <laughs> plays? Oh. Yeah. Ryan Hall went well in his Ryan spot. Ryan Hall went really well. Big body, That's it. Big How winger. good did the players and the depth of the club come in to Ryan Hall coming on the wing, playing a great game, yep. and BMOZ at the back? Like, outstanding. What, what, what do we say about the Morris brothers? Because, look, I was a ball boy at the Roosters when their old man Slippery was running around for the Roosters. And what a revelation. Like, if they're going to talk about buyers of the year, let's not go off too early. But I just feel that they've got plenty to play for. They want to play out their careers as winners, and they are winners. Yep. That tackle, that try-saving tackle, Beamoz on uh, Corey Oates, you know, that was the only attacking play that they had in the game, more or less. But they just know how to win. And in defence, wow, how good are they? Yeah, I haven't seen a set of twins look that good since Paris and Nicky Hilton. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they were outstanding, Craig, but... Um, they kept them to nil as well, boys, yeah. and that, that was another big positive. Yeah, it was 59. We scored a lot of points, but they kept them to nil. So our D, again, has, you know. It's funny that late in the game, Bells Brisbane had that little set of play where it looked like there was some loose play there and they might have scored. And I was sitting there watching the TV thinking, and I said to my young fella, James, I said, mate, if they score here, he will be absolutely ropeable. And you're right, mm. keeping him to nil was the key. I don't think once it gets past a certain point, I don't think he's looking for much more attack. He's looking for the solid numbers in defence and, you know, how we protect our line. Well, Robbo said in the press that they were still hungry when uh, they came in at halftime, which is a really good sign. But I think not only did they keep scoring points, but uh, as you rightfully say, they, they kept the opposition to zero. Look, we've got a big show tonight. Big we're, show. Um, we're going to talk to, uh, well, I dare say, he's our favourite player, Bush, the one and only Absolutely. Luke Geary. So we, we spoke to Luke before round one he's this year. Five eight anyway. But we're going to speak to Luke. And, of course, we want to get a bit more understanding, particularly for our fans, about what's going on in and around the club. So we've invited our CEO, Joe Kelly. 
Joe not only is the CEO of the football club, but he also is in charge of the East group of clubs. So uh, with everything that's going on at the moment mm-hmm. in relation to clubs reopening, we thought it's a good opportunity to get him on. And also with the announcement that there's going to be fans attending games as of this week, who else better to talk to but the uh, the top man himself? And let me give you a quick scoop, Silky, while we're at it in this intro. Coach Robinson, as promised, on next week, locked in. Jared Can't Johnson, wait. COO, continuing, just giving our fans some information, getting as much as we can in this inner sanctum Roosters Radio podcast, keeping abreast of everything's happening right now via podcast. You're on Roosters Radio, and when we come back, the one and only Luke Keery. Well, Roosters fans, as always promised, the big names on Roosters Radio. And at the moment, our playmaker, none bigger than the former Clive Churchill medalist, Luke Keary. We only look back years ago when a great decision was made up on a farm somewhere in Coffs Harbour to move him on. And aren't we happy? COVID or not, he is on fire. And Lukey, welcome to Roosters Radio for the second time in 2020. Yeah, thanks for having us again. Welcome, Luke. Luke, I wouldn't mind hopping in first, mate. Obviously, off the back of the COVID period, you were sighted impersonating a builder around the eastern suburbs, uh, <laughs> juggling study as well. How have you handled or how have you dealt with the whole COVID thing? Yeah, it was obviously like it was a it was a just a weird situation for not just us, but like the whole whole country and the whole world. So everyone was kind of just doing their best to. To get by, it wasn't no, no one's life stayed normal. I don't think anyone. Correct. So, yeah, we were no different. We obviously stopped for five or six weeks and kind of just got to do other things. And I ended up on a worksite with Victor Radley, probably the worst situation out of everyone. Just, <laughs> just, just, can you just, just give us a bit of insight because I spoke to Victor and he says you were awful as a tradesman or as an apprentice tradesman. Uh, let's get your side of the story. Yeah, it's funny he tells everyone that I was the apprentice. I actually, uh, I was actually builder when I was younger, so uh-huh. he was actually my apprentice for the three or four weeks, and I was telling him what to do. But he likes to flip the story. Now, Luke, just on the rules and regulations, obviously we've had to um, getting the NRL back. We've got some heavy rules and regulations that you boys have to abide by that controls the the game at the moment. Is it tough? Is it? Are they big changes? What What's the biggest change that you guys have had to adapt to? Yeah. I wouldn't say tough. I think it's just it is what it is. Like it's not hard. Like it doesn't hurt anyone or anything like that. It's just different. What we had to do to get back, obviously Peter and that team did a lot of work to get us back. So mm. the least we can do is is kind of follow follow the rules and follow the protocols. Probably the most challenging aspect of it would be just not being able to to go anywhere. Like other than obviously shopping and. Um, essential stuff. You can't really leave leave the house <laughs> to do anything. But yeah. uh, we understand why we've got to do it. And it won't be – we don't think it'll be there for too much longer. I think obviously everything's starting to get under control. So It's funny you say that. I'd, I actually before – I didn't know that you guys couldn't go to the shops, that you couldn't see people, that you were pretty much housebound. And I've got the Warriors obviously up at Impact Gym at the moment and they're training there on the Central Coast. And – they're staying in like a, a fair, really nice apartment, Star of the Sea at Terrigal, but the boys were all saying, we can't go out. We can't go for a walk. We're looking at this mm. ocean. We can't even go and get a coffee. Like they're not even allowed to leave the premises of the hotel <laughs> and walk down the road to a beautiful beach. And I just, I don't think the fans realise what you guys have actually done and what you have to do to get this game back onto the park. Yeah, I'm not sure if they've been, the protocols and everything have been published. Obviously, the Warriors are in a bit of a different situation 
we're, we're lucky. We get to go home to our families and sit at home with them. They've kind of just yeah, sitting in a hotel, just not being able to do anything. So that's a, they're in a very difficult situation. Yeah, I think the silver lining, we get to go, you know, there's no bubble. We get to go home to our family and mm. spend a bit of time with them and, and things like that. So it's not all it's not all doom and gloom. It's, we've only been doing it for uh, four or five weeks now. We're hearing that, you know, it may get relaxed in the next couple of weeks depending on the infection rate and things like that. So I think the sacri- this small sacrifice in the, in the big scheme of things isn't, um, isn't massive and and in a few months' time, we'll just look back on it as just a small period that we had to go through to get us back on our feet. Lukey, we're going to change gears a little bit. We've spent a bit of time on COVID, and uh, I think all fans, supporters alike, are you know, very... Well, I learned something then, Bush. Yeah, yeah 100%. They're, they're tapping into the experience because everyone loves their league, and I can tell you the nine weeks without it at this time of year was you know, just killing people. So it's so good to have you on board. And whatever you've got to do, unfortunately, it's what you've got to do. And I think it's a bit of respect for what the players are going through. And Bell's particularly the Warriors. I think the whole game is looking at them as a benchmark, you know. Anyway, changing gears to footy, mate. The break seems to have done us really, really well. You know, what are your thoughts? Because we have just come out of our skin compared to game one and two. We, we've, it's almost like a different season. Yeah, it was uh, probably couldn't have come at a better time, to be honest. We've We've had we've had a, a long and big and exciting probably twenty four months. Obviously, um, the two premierships and we've travelled overseas a couple of times and and done all these amazing things. We went as a group. We probably never got to sit back and actually reflect on on everything because you just you're so busy into it. And we didn't start the year the way we wanted, and then we all of a sudden had a five week break that was not expected. So, and I know for myself and I know a few other boys we. It was the first time in, in probably our whole careers where we've actually got to stop and just think about what we've done and what we want to do moving forward, um, like as personally and as a team. We've, we've All of our boys, you know, we've, I think nearly our whole team's playing for Australia or New Zealand um, in the off-season too, so it, it doesn't stop then either. This is, this is the first time where I think it was five weeks where we literally had nothing. There was no pressure, no training, no know anything and you kind of you get to think about what you actually want to do and what you've actually done which was kind of cool mate just from a fan's perspective like across i mean obviously we're devout roosters and, and you know that's our only team the rugby league it's uh, itself just seems to be so good and i know that's with one referee and rule changes but is there a clue there luke like when you hang up the boots one day and hopefully it's not for a long time well you look back and go you know what that forced covid period maybe that's how we treat our NRL players are like racehorses okay you can't flog them every week but they get flogged does it give you the idea of hey that might be a clue there we should rest for five weeks at that period and maybe yeah. about it. Is, is there something you can take out of it I think there is something yeah something like that like I we do play a lot of footy and I, I do agree I think the, the, the standard has gone up since that break and I think it's a bit back to that for five weeks you got to sit there and and actually think about the game and, you know, what's been done and what you can do moving forward. And you don't get that time during the year and in the off-season you just want to get away. It's all happening so quickly. It was actually the first time, and probably in, in, in a lot of industries like around the world, it's the first time people have been forced to actually stop and think about things. So, mm. yeah, I don't know if they can, can get that in. It's a hard thing because obviously – We've learnt how influential the broadcasters and everything are in our game. Mm. I think we'll be looking at more footy rather than less footy in the future, which isn't a bad thing. Mm. Probably should also take this quick opportunity to thank uh, our chairman, Nick Politis, Uncle Nick, for changing the rules and getting one referee in. 
<laughs> I had to. I had to. Hey, Luke, talking about getting uh, back to footy, young Cole Funnigan, you know, you must be happy with the way that he's restarted the, the season? Yeah, he's been good. He's, um, I think people forget he's only played, I think, 12 or 13 games. So he's obviously in one of the most important positions on the field. And it, it takes a long time to learn how to how to play that position and control games in your own team. And he's he's well ahead of most people that I've seen in that same position. He's he's not the complete product, and he knows that, and he's going to work hard his game. And he mightn't be the complete product for years to come. It takes some halves, you know, a long, long time to to get where they want to get to. But I think his last two games have been been really good. He's He's starting to learn what we need of him and what's expected of him, and yeah, I thought he was. I thought he's been really, really good the last two weeks. And what about Victor Radley's role in the halves, playing like a, a second five eight? He wishes giving you the options. <laughs> Don't to... ever say that again. <laughs> <laughs> but but he, it lets you roam either side of the ruck. It's great to watch him take the line on, and then you're playing that second five eight, if you will. Obviously, it's a tactic. Hey, hey, hey. Obviously, it's a tactic. He's not his apprentice. Hey, he's not Victor Keary. <laughs> Victor's playing second 5'8". But, but just that style of play, it seems to suit you. Yeah, it's, um, it's been good to watch him develop over the last few years. He's obviously one of the best ball-playing forwards that we've had in the competition for a long time, way back when we used to have the locks that, that could ball play. But yeah. he's kind of taken us back to that. And, yeah, it's been handy. It's taken. I think it's taken a lot of pressure off off Kyle that he's he's been able to play first receiver and and free both of us up to, mm. to do what we want and yeah the quality of his ball playing at the moment's it's it's pretty high and it's you can see the way it's affected our team. And is Cooper involved in any way, shape, or form? Was he part of that kind of training, or is he allowed to train with you guys? No, he's, he's no, he's not with us at the moment. He's, I think we've only got we're only allowed ten or eleven staff with us, so Coops is. He's got his work commitment stuff, so he can't uh, he can't get him this. But he's still in contact with us all the time. Now, Lukey, um, I think I got this question right. I wrote it down. Bells has always wanted to hook up with Josh Morris um, on her left side. No, that's no, it's not the right way to answer that. Ask that question. Is oh, it? You ask. Okay, it. I'm going to jump right in here and get this correct because Bush is wrong again. You love sweeping around to the left, Luke. We love seeing you sweep around to the left. Something always happened with Latrell there, but now we've got Josh Morris who's stepped in this year, and it's he's just outstanding at the moment. The couple of games we've seen him play, what's it been like just sweeping around to him and, and hooking him up? Yeah, he's good. We obviously all know what he's done and where he's been and things like that. So to get a player of, of his stature to come to the club and obviously slot him for Latrell where, where we had a lot of firepower over there, I've, I've yeah, noticed a big difference in the last couple of weeks and probably helps my confidence knowing I can go down there and I've got that centre that you know I can really rely on. Before that, we obviously had Gussie and, and Vimos fill in there for a couple of games, which they're not entirely comfortable. But I think you'll see those combinations get better and better over the next couple of months. We've only had two or three weeks training together. So, mm. yeah, it should get better. Obviously, Boydo is a massive help having him back there too. And then we've got Big Toops, who he's my favourite player. Oh, he's, <laughs> play, he's playing unreal. Oh, hey, Luke. Play. Luke, the new rule changes, obviously it looks like it suits the Roosters' style of play, the up-tempo style of play. Your yeah. thoughts on the new rules and, and how we've adapted? Yeah, I like them. Um, I didn't know if they were necessary at the time. We knew they were going to suit us, though. We knew we, 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 we like to keep the ball in play. We feel like we're a very fit football team. We feel like 
we try to make other teams come with us. We knew this rule would just enhance that and, and keep the ball in play for longer. So, yeah, I think the better team or the, the teams that are fitter and, and have good systems will want this rule to, to stay because you have to play football for longer. You have to be able to do it under fatigue, which I think it suits us at the moment. As a, as a little man, and I don't mean that in any um, derogative way there, Luke, but um, it really does seem to suit your style of football, running around those big tired forwards after a couple yeah, of six ago. I've seen, obviously watched a bit too, all the, all the halves are starting to get a few more opportunities, which is, which is a lot more attractive footy. The hookers are starting to get into the game more. We've seen Friendy come up with some, some stuff around the ruck. So, yeah, I think it just brings those smaller, faster, more agile players into the game and yeah, I think it's good. It's good for good for the, for the brand. Yeah, it certainly is. Lukey, what's more satisfying after a win? You come off against Broncos, and look, albeit they were a young side and experienced, we are just absolutely powerhouse. Or the week before, where you beat the greatest arch rival we had, your former club you took a premiership with, we know that when you sit down, you're going to have a personal thought. For you personally, what's more satisfying? They're all satisfying. I think. <laughs> That's a very Trent Robinson-like answer. What does Luke it, Carey yeah. think? When you're talking it's, to the missus, no, like, God, no, I love that win. It's honestly, like, especially after like, we, we've done a lot of winning over the last few years. So it was like after those first two rounds, we were disappointed. And then we had the five-week break, which we actually we didn't get a chance to go out and kind of right those wrongs straight away. Cause, so we kind of sat with those two losses for, you know, two or three months or whatever it was. Yeah, they're all they're all satisfying. Obviously, it's good or it's great for us to know the fans and the and the rivalry we got with South that we can do that for our fans and give them those wins, those memorable wins that, against South Sydney, and then and it's also to go up to Brisbane and play them there, which we haven't haven't won in a long time up there. They're both satisfying. I think they're all they're all fun. Well, you should have heard your sponsor Silky on the uh, on the team post game Zoom after the Rabbits. Tell you what, uh, it was red, white and blue. Mate, we're coming up against the Bulldogs this week. You know, they had a nice win against St George and they're a side that seems to be building with a great coach. How are we going to beat them? Yeah, mate, they're a tough footy team. I think people write them off. I think it's just that Bulldogs style. They mightn't be the prettiest, but they're going to come with a good attitude. They're going to defend. They're going to make you scrap for everything. I think we've had a few close games. I think we had the 6-0, was it last year or the year before against them? We've had a few close ones, so... We know it's going to be tough. You can't walk out um, and reproduce the week before. You got to build that again. Yeah, and we know it's we're going to have to do the work. We're going to have to do the work in the middle. Yeah, it's not going to be easy, mate. Finally, and we'll let you go on this one. It's been a terrific interview. We love catching up with you all the time. It's uh, very insightful, informative, and always high octane. But do you fancy getting yourself one of those cardboard cutouts? I noticed the Canberra captain had one with a pair of aviators on, and it was just hilarious. As you scroll across, you saw him there. I just think you maybe with what I saw you wear in Spain, maybe a scarf or you know sure. uh, something. You know, one of Silky's outfits that we saw him wear out. Um, well, you know, I'll just leave to express yourself. I'll leave that to Silk. Yeah. <laughs> no, listen, Luke. Thank you so much. I um, I hear you've got might have a bit of a baked lamb put on for dinner tonight. So we better let you go back to your beautiful family and baby Hudson. And thank you so much for your time today and and up the chookies. Yeah, thanks so much again for having me. See you. Thanks, that. Well, Roosters fans, at all times we need great leadership. And as always promised, the big names keep on coming today. We've had Luke Keary, but would you please welcome our CEO of both our football and our East Group of Licensed Clubs, Mr. Joe Kelly. Joey, welcome to Roosters Radio for the first time in 2020. 
Good afternoon, Bush and Silk. Great to be on this afternoon. Yeah, mate, welcome. It's uh, it's certainly been a tough period, Joey, and we're going to hit you uh, with the hard questions today and straight to it, mate. Um, you know, as the CEO of the Football Club and the East Group of Licensed Clubs, uh, you know, you've had lots to deal with over that COVID period and, uh, you know, changes and everything going on around you. Joey, what's been the biggest learnings and uh, challenges you've faced over this COVID shutdown period? Oh, lots of lots of learnings, lots of challenges, guys. I um, I think the first thing I've always no, I've noticed through this whole period is that there's no such thing as a crisis management plan for an event like we've experienced this year. Uh, for me, the biggest learning is the importance of having a business model that is adaptive as much as possible to such disruption, whether that be uh, flexible staffing structures being well-resourced financially to insulate against the financial impacts and even having the right technologies in place. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but uh, I didn't know a lot about Zoom until the end of March. <laughs> but it's become, it's become something that's very commonplace now, and I've used this afternoon on an NRLC uh, conference call um, uh, to great effect and you know, the efficiencies that we're getting out of some of these new technologies I think are important. I think having, having them in place for events like this is, um, is necessary. Um, I think you know, we're finding just new ways of doing business and also evolving our business, and this is another lesson for me over the period too. In terms of challenges, uh, the pace at which we have shut down our businesses and reopened them at the same time, making considered decisions has been the greatest challenge too. You know, that there was just you know, no notice given really to close the licensed clubs that we got told on the sort of Sunday evening uh, through government announcements that would be closing on a Monday morning. So just the swiftness that everything has, has occurred has been challenging and we still have to make you know, really important decisions throughout that process. Uh, so that, for me, uh, led on to the fact that uh, we had to make the unfortunate call on most staff to be stood down with job people coming in to, in to rescue us you know, soon thereafter. But this was certainly you know, decisions that we didn't make lightly, but you know, we need to deliver compassionately to our, our our staff, but also in the context of you know, long-term financial viability of our group. Joe Silky here, mate. Look, on the upside, the, the NRL has uh, really been a leader of sporting organisations around the world. Uh, you know, Peter Vlandis has, you know, in our opinion, has done a great job getting the game back to where it is. You know, we're already talking about having uh, crowds this weekend, but you've been in the thick of it. Uh, how would you rate his performance thus far? Same as you, guys. Uh, in my, you know, in my opinion, yeah, you know, Peter's done an amazing job. Uh, you know, he's been really bullish in picking a date to restart the the competition based on where he was seeing COVID trends heading, uh, infection trends heading. Uh, and at that time, I think many were probably pretty sceptical that he could actually get it up and running. Um, yeah, you know, and since then, he's really been unwavering in getting us back on the field. And also, at the same time, he's had to negotiate two significant stakeholder uh, relationships in the in the players and the broadcasters in order to ensure that we'd be ready to go back and play on 28 May. So, uh, yeah. And secondly, for me, he's also dealt with the clubs really respectfully through this entire period, and and used the word shareholder on numerous occasions. And as clubs, it's great to be heard as we are shareholders of the game. At 16 clubs, we're vitally important to to this game at that elite level and um, to now working a collaborative approach with the NRL is really refreshing and uh, positive considering where we were you know, at the end of round two in a shutdown situation.
He seems like a doer. Like, I mean, you've been in sports administration for a number of years. You've worked for Chelsea, you know, a number of rugby league clubs. But what is it that, you know, separates him from some of his predecessors? I think, number one, really hard work. Number two, I think that he's got great relationships at, at senior levels of, uh, of government and stakeholder relationships within our game as well. He just gets on and rolls the sleeves up, uh, backs himself you know, to the hilt, uh, you know, and, and uses you know, the intelligence of, you know, as I, say, I said earlier on, where the, the sort of COVID infection trends were heading, uh, he predicted that, you know, rightfully so, that the numbers would be very, very low by the time 28 May came around. And, and, and then, you know, lined up around him a number of people to execute the plan, uh, and it's been executed brilliantly. Joey, uh, on that note, ex- speaking of executing plans, there's plans to have uh, crowds coming into the picture post-COVID. Uh, where do you see it going, and what intel do you have for our Loyal Roosters members, supporters and fans that'll see us back out at the footy cheering on our mighty red, white and bloosters? Yeah, uh, right, even as early as or as late as this afternoon, we've had another NRL CEO conference Zoom this afternoon. Uh, we're still waiting on confirmation on how it'll even progress for this round yet. Uh, what I do believe will occur is that the home teams will be given an allocation of tickets at this stage, a small allocation, and that'll be based on social distancing restrictions of you know one per four square metres in these corporate areas and up to 50 per restaurant or food and beverage area across the entire stadia. So you'll, you'll see potentially venues hold from somewhere from 150 to maybe six or 700 this oh, weekend. Wow. Um, with the hope that you know, there'll be more good news in the coming days and weeks. And, um, you know, we, we won't have too much of a, a say over ticket allocations for this weekend because it's not our home game, but for next weekend against Parramatta, we'll certainly get some learnings out of this weekend as well. Um, but we, you know, we are confident that it's going to free up in the near future that, yeah, we could be back at pretty sizable crowds by early July when we hopefully return back to the SCG uh, in round 10 at this stage. Well, there's a scoop, Bush. Yeah. Well, just speaking of scoops, Joe, I wouldn't mind giving the fans a bit of an insight. Silky and I uh, believe that podcasting has the power to transform people into a room via the power of audio, and it's the theatre of the mind, if you will. CEO's conference on Zoom, is there the same sort of rivalry that would be that you would see between coaches and players and stuff? Is there a rivalry among CEOs or is it more of a collegiate environment where it's greater, oh, greater no, good of the game? It, look, it's pretty, it's pretty collegiate. And I think that probably across the board you'll find that, you know, you know, counterparts at coaching level and football manager level and COO level. I think that when we're in those environments, it's, it's, it's very collegiate. Uh, you know, it, it may be a little bit different on match day. But I, I think that, you know, generally, you know, we all work well together and, um, you, know, you know, we're looking out for the best interests of, of the game. Uh, so, look, you know, it, it's, it's certainly one for us really at the moment. It's more about weekly communications with the NRL, understanding where things like these protocols are at, uh, getting updates on funding, et cetera. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a really a, more an information session. And what's good is that we're doing those regularly now, whereas in the past they might have been once every couple of months, um, but uh, the ease of actually doing it from your office, starting the meeting on time and finishing it on time and being back at your desk is um, you know, really good uh, in terms of you know, your efficiency and productivity. Now, Joey, big member pledge coming up for the Roosters. Uh, you know, we've had a, a real drive for this, and 
Uh, you know, can you shine some light on us, what our fans can do to support our great club and get back to what the yep. new version of normal will be and, um, you know, how fans can sort of get back in touch with their, their beloved Roosters? Yeah, well, you know, the great thing is now we're back playing football as well. We're, we're back in that regular dialogue, you know, with members each week, the Roosters reports coming out, the pre-match, et cetera. And uh, that's important that we've got that connection with our, with our members and supporters. Uh, we, we launched back on the, in early May just as the players return to on-site training, uh, a, a membership pledge campaign. And since that date, around the 5th of May, I think, we've um, we've had over 5,000 members sign up to the pledge. Wow. And uh, the club can, you know, and what that is, is the club's retaining their membership fees irrespective of whether they can attend games or not. That's you know, an enormous show of support uh, in our club. Uh, and yeah, we hope that we can reward that loyalty with those those members, you know, come come um, game day later in the year when crowds can come back in. So certainly we'll be, um, you know, managing our crowd numbers and prioritising our corporate partners and, and members that have been certainly supportive and loyal through this um, in, entire uh, period. And let's not forget the Leeds clubs too, Joe. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so three, three Leeds clubs opened last Monday, so we're back in trade for a week now. Uh, and once again, you know, we got... The, the update on that the Friday the Friday week before that so we had uh, 10 days to go from you know closed clubs with a skeleton staff to you know sort of full rosters of, of, of um, the staff members coming back and, and one thing that I was delighted in just hearing from the managers around the three clubs as well is that our our staff were just so delighted to be back uh, most of them you know just on job, job keeper hours but um, ultimately they're back and engaged with the business and uh, and with the members uh, that come into our club. So, uh, first week back is uh, has been, uh, yeah, it's been a reasonable week um, for us as a club too. We've got quite a bit of roadworks going on up at Bondi Junction, just outside of Spring Street, with a new cycleway going in. Uh, they got about a month to go to finish on our side of the street, and they move to the other side. But that, you know, is obviously impactful in some way. Um, you know, getting into the club, etc., but certainly hasn't um, slowed uh, our members and, and and guests coming coming into the club over the first week back. So it's been it's been great that we're now back and open open as well at the licensed clubs. Well, well, Joey, we know as fans, we just could not wait from March twenty second, two thousand and twenty, to once again hear the beautiful pee of the whistle, albeit one referee. And I know as CEO of a club, you are just dying to hear that beautiful, dulcet, sweet tones of those Queen of the Nile machines just <laughs> ringing up in Bondi Junction so we can continue to uh, take more players off South Sydney. Thanks very much, Bush. It's all new territory for me, as you know. I started in the in the licensed clubs on the 1st of March as well. So um, yeah, learning learning the business quickly, but um, yeah, we've been able to reflect on uh, you know, on, on our operation during this period as well and how we come out the other side and how we evolve our business for the future too. Yeah, mate. Well, we're in very good hands, mate. We know that uh, you've got great pedigree with the experience you've had over at different clubs, been overseas with Chelsea, and uh, you're certainly in good stead. And, mate, Roosters have got great leadership. We wish you the best. We'll be talking to you through the year. We look forward to seeing the footy in the not-too-distant future, Joe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can't wait, guys. Thank Thanks you, mate. Thanks very much. to win. Welcome back to Roosters Radio. On this Sunday, 4.05pm kickoff out there at Bankwest Stadium, our Roosters take on the Bulldogs. Of course, James Tedesco returning for the Red, White and Bloosters. Guys, Belinda, Bells, more of the same this week. How do you see it? 
Oh, I see a bigger scoreline this week. I reckon 69 nil. That'll bring the crowd back. Summer at 69. Okay, it. now I'm red. That's what the roots were. Well, I didn't mean it like that, boys. Well, Come on. No, we didn't think it did. Oh, I could, they couldn't possibly, could in they? In 69, they didn't win a game, I don't think. No, 66, no, 66 the Roosters didn't win a game. where my dad played. Oh, that's true. Thanks for the, uh, thanks <laughs> yeah. for the history lesson. You had me at 69. Now, look, I think that, uh, you know, Canterbury played good last week against St. George. They put up a bit of a strong performance. I don't I think we're going to have a blowout scoreline against the Bulldogs. I think they need to make a good account of ourselves. Kieran Foran's back for them. Yeah. So, you know, he, he's a great player. And listen, you don't have wins like that back-to-back, you know, you know, 59 mil against the Broncos, then come out and smash the next side. They might be dominant, but I don't think they're going to be a big scoreline to zero. I think, um, I mean, it'd be great to have it to zero. I just don't think it's going to be a blowout. What's your prediction? Prediction, Roosters 22, Bulldogs 6. What about you, Bells? I'm thinking 38 nil. 38 nil? Yeah, um, we're 70, going to hold them to nil again. 75 grand final. You're reminiscing tonight. Yeah, 38 nil. Yeah, listen, I reckon we're going to put a score on them too. I'll go 44-6. I just think our style of play, and as we heard with Luke Keery tonight, we're fit, we're ready to play mm. football, and, and these new rules, they work in our favour. So uh, good luck to the opposition teams trying to combat that roll through right the middle. Right, I'm re- redoing this. As a kid, the Bulldogs broke our heart many years with the Terry Lambs and all that. And they were always in the grand finals when we were, you know, you were trudging the sidelines as a ball boy. I was up there eating cakes from my grandmother next to me, uh, next to my grandfather on the stand, just having a look, little squeeze at you. Roosters 52, Bulldogs nil. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. there you go. We've got 52 nil, 44-6. And is it 69 nil or 38 nil? <laughs> no, I'll keep it. I'll keep it clean. 38 nil. Well, that's it for this episode of Roosters Radio. We'd like to thank our very special guest, the one and only Luke Keery, and of course, our CEO, Joe Kelly. That's it for Roosters Radio. East to win.